0: Fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to our show. Uh, you know, we had a week off and uh, we're going to get you caught up on the last two weeks. Uh, not a lot of uh, information going on, but uh, Eddie and I will, um, get you up to date on some of the stuff that happened. Uh, there was the Fedoran Cup that uh, I was able to go to with one of our writers, Phil, and had a good time. I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, we have an update on Haglund's contract, uh, some more of the third jersey news that's been out there, and also some updates around the NHL and some key players and uh, signings and suspensions that have um, been going on. Um, first off, we'll uh, start back. Uh, you know, The Fedoran Cup uh, that I went to it was a really good event. Uh, it was an extremely hot day, Eddie, and uh, my wife and I um, were able to go hang out uh, you know, beforehand. And then uh, when, when everybody went inside, obviously at Anaheim Ice, um, the ice was perfect. Um, nice and cool in there. It was a, a good day to go to a hockey rink. Uh, I know a lot of people go to the mall or go to the movies for the, uh, the summertime, but it was a good game. A lot of fun. Um, you had Team Canada, Team USA. Uh, they duelled it out to a six-six tie, then they went to a shootout, and Team USA won seven to six. Um, it was a fun event all around, Eddie, and uh, it's just a good thing to raise a lot of money for cancer.
1: Yeah, I know we had Phil Hewlett on to talk about it and, and what a great cause it was, and you know a lot of people showed up. Uh, I, I believe Fre- Frederick Anderson was there too, and you know a, a lot of players showed up. And you know what I've heard from you and some other people around, uh, you know a lot of people showed up, and it you know it was a great game. Yeah,
0: it was a lot of fun, and uh, you're right. Anderson was in goal for part of the game. Uh, Getzloff was out there, uh, Stoner, Botnan, they all played. Um, So it was good to see some of them, and then a mixture of some other players out there as well. Um, Also wanted to give my uh, little uh, uh, stick tap to uh, off-ice hockey. Uh, Saw those guys there, Uh, some very cool guys. Uh, I ended up getting one of their shirts, and uh, they appreciated uh, us giving them a shout-out before. So, you know, trying to work with them and uh, do some stuff. Um, I don't know what's going to happen down the road, but uh, at least trying to support each other, uh, which is important uh, for, you know, uh, fellow t shirt companies or blogs Eddie, that are out there doing hockey stuff.
1: Yeah, it's always nice to, you know, meet up with those guys. And obviously, you have a little more of an opportunity to go and meet them up at, at games and everything. But when you can work with other blogs, it's always nice.
0: Yeah, we're just gonna keep building, uh, you know, the networks that we can with everybody else, and, and keep doing what we're doing. And you know, it's been uh, pretty good. And uh, that was a pretty fun game. Uh, you know, getting excited, getting things going. Um, you know, the preseason's uh, around the corner here. Uh, Eddie, we've got uh, the uh, the Ducks uh, rookies are going to be playing in San Jose uh, on September twelfth and thirteenth, so they're going to have some games up there. And then later in September, um, the preseason will get
1: started for the actual Ducks team. Yep, they'll be playing um, Colorado on the 22nd when it starts. Uh, then they've got a, a, a back-to-back. Uh, they got LA at home on on Friday the 25th, and then they go down to play San Jose on the 26th. Uh, LA on the 29th on the road, and then two the last two games at home. Colorado on the first of October, and San Jose closes out um, in Anaheim on the third, and that you know paves the way for the season to start on the 10th um, in San Jose.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if you followed on our uh, Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Ducks and Pucks blog, we uh, gave away tickets to the preseason game uh, against Colorado. Uh, I won't be at that one. So we gave away our tickets, and we're also going to give away the tickets, uh, I believe, against the uh, San Jose Sharks as well. So look for that. It's going to be up on the website uh, this week. Uh, just go on there and follow the rules as usual, like we've done with the shirts, and you get a chance to get uh, some tickets to that game. Um, and... Uh, some other news that came out today, Eddie, uh, you know, some people uh, went on uh, NHL shop uh, today and, and it looks like the Ducks third jersey was leaked on the website. It's not actually the, um, the regular NHL shop, it's the NHL shop international website. Um, so the, the third jersey, um, you know, not officially confirmed, but, um, you know, since it's coming from the NHL, it looks like, you know, it's a, a pretty good source. Uh, any thoughts on uh, this jersey? Uh, you know, if it's the legit one, if you like it or dislike it, or um, anything, Eddie.
1: Well, you know, this is the second time that it's leaked, and obviously, Aesthetics leaked it back. You know, I believe it's almost a month ago now where they leaked it originally, and they also leaked the uh, the Colorado one. And you know, you go on that website now, and you you can see both of them, and they're pretty much exactly the same as they were there. And you know, this time though, we get to actually see it as a, a picture of the jersey, so it's a little bit more concrete, but you know, I, would, I would assume this is the jersey that's going to come out. I mean, you know, we were pretty certain before that this would would be the jersey, you know, barring a couple changes. And I mean, uh, you know, all we're waiting for now is the Ducks confirmation to say that this is the jersey. I'm not sure if they'll if they'll do it before the time that they had, you know, previously stated. But you know, I mean, I like it. Uh, it kind of combines, you know, the three jerseys they've had the the Mighty Ducks obviously with the logo, uh, the Stadium Series with the orange, and then the original 06 07, um, the orange and black jerseys with the sleeves. So it kind of combines all three of those jerseys in, in one. Um, you know, I don't love it, but I don't, I don't hate it. I, I think the, the logo, it takes some getting used to seeing the, the Muddy Ducks logo on orange.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and I mean, that's something that I had talked to the marketing people about before was doing, uh, you know, an orange jersey and more of a retro style, um, which, you know, they, they wouldn't give me confirmation of, you know, obviously because, um, they're not allowed to do that, but that was kind of what I had pushed for before. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that you are. You know, um, I like the orange. Uh, the retro logo is good as well. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too big on the sleeves and, and the the striping. I mean, um, it's, it's not bad. I just, you know, I think it's okay. I think maybe it could have been a little bit better, um, but I'm definitely um, I'm glad that they did the orange because, as we talked about last year in the playoffs, it was hard getting everybody pumped up uh to wear orange jerseys because you know there was only the stadium jerseys that people had available to them and and i understand not everybody had those jerseys because um you know it was a one-time event and uh those jerseys were obviously uh you know marked up because of that event and i'm just glad to see that there'll be something that um again if if confirmed it will be uh orange that uh in the playoffs we can get you know hopefully most of the honda center filled in orange uh, like when we go visit other teams, like you know Calgary, and you see all the red, Eddie.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when we went to Winnipeg in the playoffs, and and the whole building, you know, you know, maybe except for like one or two people, was all white. And you know, we were calling to see that in, in Anaheim, and I, you know, they were giving out T-shirts and everything too. But it it wasn't exactly the same. And you know, now that people can buy this jersey all year long, and you know, it p- appeals to the, the whole fan base with the the retro logo, you know, I think you'll see a lot more people uh, wearing this jersey come the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I agree. More affordable. uh, It's gonna uh, at least from what the price we saw was 136 on the website, so it's better than the you know the 200 plus that the stadium jersey was. Um, And you know, obviously, it's gonna be uh, uh, out there uh, in October, and uh, you know, it's not just gonna be uh, the one-time event. So definitely uh, have a chance to buy it and and wear it. Uh, Hopefully, you know, for a while. uh, You know, hopefully the ducks. I I like what they've done with the web D, and you know, I, I just you know teams like to change jerseys and logos up every so often and i I hope the ducks kind of stick with this this setup eddie i kind of i like how the uh white and black you know home away jerseys in this third jersey are now and and i hope they just keep it that way for some years to come
1: yeah it gives you some more variety you know we got the the black and white obviously before and you know having the orange and i believe they're wearing it for at least 15 games this season we'll get to see you know a, a good variety of different jerseys throughout the season which will be a nice change
0: yeah, exactly. And it should be good. And, and, you know, there's a lot of other updates that, uh, are going on at Honda center as well. Um, the, uh, the scoreboard, a little bit of an update for you there. Uh, I know some, um, photos also got posted on social media, um, uh, about, uh, the, uh, scoreboard, the way it looked now, the, uh, it's completed in terms, I can tell you, of the actual um, screens and the, the box. It's, you know, it's a big, large, basically black, black box right now that's above the ice if you've seen some of the photos, which I'm not allowed to post at this time. But if you uh, look at it and you've seen it, it's not quite done yet. Um, they've still got to get all the paneling up on there, and they've got to test it out. But um, from what I've heard from people that have been there and seen it, it it's, really, uh, it's massive. It looks really good. Um, as we talked about, the screen space and the goal are going to be uh, 20 by 20, approximately, uh, uh, feet. And then uh, the benches and the, uh, the press box side, it's going to be 20 by about 30, 31 feet. So it's going to be really good, Eddie. I mean, it's going to be huge. It's going to be able to show multiple screens at once. You're going to be able to see a replay of a play on the big screen and at the same time have something else behind it. Um, so it's just a lot of variety that they can do with the scoreboard, and you know it's about time. So it's a good update.
1: Yeah, know from the pictures I've seen, it's, it's looked really nice, and then obviously with them putting out the, uh, some of the pictures from the new center ice design and, and everything in this soft season, you know it's kind of fed us a little bit of, of, of hockey news, uh, you know something that hasn't really been a lot of recently uh, you know obviously with the jersey coming out today there's a little bit more to talk about but you know it, it's nice of them to, to, to continuously update us uh, you know little by little of what's going on in the Honda Center.
0: And some more updates uh, that came out too we, you know we talked about the metal detectors already um, that's coming for not just the uh, hockey games but for everything um, as well they um, redid the boards they uh, sent out some photos on the Ducks official Twitter if you've seen them um, they're redoing those, they're redoing the glass as well. Um, the glass, I'm told, is, is not necessarily going to be seamless but it's going to be a lot smoother and it's going to have, um, the stanchions are going to blend in more so they're going to look better. So that's going to be another added addition to the inside and that's going to help it out. So it's going to look good. Um, there's going to be some improvements coming. Um, they also sent out some photos of the ice, if you saw, they have the red line and uh, on there. Um, it's not just a solid red line, but it has the Ducks uh, Web D on there. So it looks, um, you know, little patterns of the the Web D across it. So it looks really good. And uh, they're also upgrading um, Phil Hewitt's area. We had talked about his press box. So a lot of improvements, Eddie. A lot of new things that are going to come this season, and, and it's going to look good.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, just the, the little improvements, and you're not going to notice them too much. But, um, you know, it's, it's along with the, uh, as well as the team improving, the, the arena is improving too at the same time.
0: Uh, as far as team news, there wasn't really a lot that happened recently, but we did get a little bit of an update on Carl Hagman. Uh, we found out that he has a no trade clause uh, added into his contract, um, and it will be starting the second year of his contract through his third and fourth years, and basically what's going to happen, Eddie, is uh, July 1st, next year, 2016, he will be able to pick uh, eight teams that he does not want to go to. Um, and then subsequent Julys, he can uh, modify that or keep that the same, so that's just a little bit of an update uh, that we got on Haglin Eddie.
1: Yeah, and you know, also um, along with that, uh, back on September 1st, uh, Andy Strickland was uh, tweeted out saying that the Anaheim and and Ricardo Keller talking contract extension likely in two to three three year range, Um, you know, that was about a week ago now, haven't heard too much news on that, but that was something he put out there a while, so you know, likely that the Ducks and, and Raquel are talking a uh, contract extension
0: yeah which would make sense um you know and we talked about the lines too Eddie you know on the third and fourth line which we've got some fan questions about some of this stuff and we'll, we'll go into a little bit more later in the show but uh, it wouldn't surprise me Eddie I, I think it's a smart move to uh, give uh, Raquel an extension
1: yeah and it, we talked about how it's uh we'll have to see where he plays this season a lot of people like to see him play on the wing and you know, it remains to be seen if the organization thinks he's cut out to be a center in the NHL, and you know, we'll we'll probably see a little bit of that in preseason, and then you know, from the first game on, from the start of the season, we'll we'll see where they prefer to play him.
0: Yeah, and, and around the uh, the NHL, we have a little bit of news before we get our, our fan questions. Um, you know, the latest one was on Patrick Kane, Eddie. Uh, it doesn't look good for Kane. Uh, what's the latest going on with his uh, case?
1: Uh, it looks like the, his case is going to a grand jury on Tuesday. That's according to ABC uh, Eyewitness News in Chicago. Um, it looks like the prosecutors seem to have uh, enough evidence put against him to charge him um, in the sexual assault case. So it doesn't look good for him right now. Um, and we'll have to wait till later in the week to see how it goes. But you know, this is going to be a unique situation in how the NHL will deal with it if he is actually charged. And found guilty of, of the crime, if, um, you know, he'll be traded or he'll be banned from playing in the NHL or, or to see how it works out, it's going to be, you know, a, a really unique situation.
0: Yeah, you know, in, in this situation, um, it's kind of similar, you know, to the Buenoff situation with the Kings, you know, he had his whole issue go down uh, and then recently for him, he ended up getting deported by ICE, um, you know, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, here in the United States. So, I don't know, I mean, obviously he's not going to have, um, Patrick Kane, that is, isn't going to have uh, immigration issues like Voinoff of course, but I'm just talking about in terms of, you know, having an issue with, with a female, you know, obviously uh, Voinoff was uh, married, Kane is not, but, you know, it's, I don't know if he's going to be banned or um, suspended without pay, and then another team picks him up, uh, you know, Voinoff was suspended without pay, so, it's just going to be interesting, Eddie, to see if he is guilty. Uh, how the NHL is going to treat it and how it's going to affect the Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Yeah, it's something new to hockey. This situation, you know, we you've seen it in some other sports and primarily football. You've seen it happen and and how they've handled it. And you know, it's happened in basketball in the past, and and players have still gone on to to play their whole career. And you know, I, I honestly don't think unless he's charged and and found guilty that anything will happen to him but you know it, it's it's something you really can't you know look into the past and and you know compare it to uh, to a different situation it's something entirely new and we'll we'll have to see how it plays out
0: yeah i agree and i think the overriding theme of this too is um it's just unfortunate um you know we, we try to be neutral about a lot of the topics we talk about but if you if you like patrick kane or you hate patrick kane um it doesn't really matter because Either way, Eddie, this affects the NHL, and it affects the NHL in a negative light. Um, as you mentioned, we've seen stuff in other sports, whether it's men football or basketball or you know, baseball, when they had all the uh, performance-enhancing drugs and stuff like that and whatnot, necessarily the same topic, but we've seen all these other issues come up in these other sports, and now we've seen it come up in the NHL uh, recently, um, also with a few other Kings players as you know stolen Richard's as well with their drug issues too so it's just unfortunate um, whether you root for that team or that player or against that team or that player it, it just uh, it just brings the sport uh, you know negative attention I just um, I just hope it gets resolved and, and we can just focus on hockey uh, in October
1: yeah but you, you hope it gets resolved fairly too I mean you don't want to see a guy who is guilty and just because of his name and his status and his sport, you know, get off of of serving a jail time for a crime or, you know, paying his dues just because of of the guy who he is. And, you know, I'm sure if he's guilty, he'll end up being charged and and we'll have to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree, Eddie, uh, with everything you said. Um, the other update around the league is uh, uh, what's going on with uh, Stamkos and Tampa Bay, Eddie. There's uh, you know been some rumblings over there in terms of his contract.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously he's probably the biggest name that is slated to be UFA uh, come July 1st next year, and you know there's not too much news. It's just obviously he hasn't signed a contract extension yet, and you know, that puts a lot of people in, in a good situation to write about it, and they'll, they'll get a lot of views, obviously, because it's Steven Stamkos, but Elliot Friedman put out a, a uh, an article uh, on Sportsnet today about um, how Lightning are, the Lightning are preparing for all Stamkos possibilities. And, you know, the Eisenman said that, that a while ago that getting Stamkos signed to an extension was their number one priority, and, you know, we still haven't seen that happen yet, and I think it'd be we'd be all be surprised if Stamkos come July first was was not a Tampa Bay Lightning player, but you know, it, but you would usually like to see these things resolved by the start of the season, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it is going to happen. You know, um, it's just going to probably take uh, part of the season to get played before anything else really goes on with that. I think uh, you know, um, it's kind of. You know, up in the air situation. You know, I like Tampa Bay. I like Stamkos. Uh, I hope it gets worked out, but I think we're just gonna have to wait and see, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and you know, you would expect them to do everything they can to keep hold of of such a you know a key player and you know one of the top five players in the league. But you know, there seems to be a lot of underlying issues, you know, resulting from him not signing his contract yet. Um, You know, they want him to play right wing. He wants to play center. You know, obviously the, the fee is going to be upwards of you know around ten and a half million near where Taves and Kane deal are right now, and they got to look to the future for other guys to sign. So you know, we talked about how Silverberg and Haglund's deals took longer to um, to get done this this summer, and I think this is a, another one that will take a long time to get done because there's there's so many other things they have to think of before you know just signing them to a contract.
0: Well, yeah, too, and even even the goalie situation, you know, looks like you know Bishop's going to be the guy there, which uh, is good for my fantasy uh, team, Eddie. Uh, you know, I don't know if we told everybody, but we had a fantasy uh, league that we um, set up last week. It's it's all the Ducks and Puck staff. Uh, some people have asked about uh, fantasy leagues. Um, we may or may not have another one for just you know whoever else wants to join. I, I'm not sure yet. I have to get enough interest, but. Uh, We have one set up now, and uh, I have Bishop as my goalie, so um, this is going to be good for me, selfishly. But, uh, yeah, I I hope that um, he doesn't get tired out too, uh, you know, going down the stretch, you know, leaning on him too much because, um, I mean, he's primarily the guy there for Tampa Bay, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and especially with uh, Vasilevsky uh, now being out for two to three months, um, they're going to really have to ride Bishop for probably 60 Games this season, which is I I don't believe is, is something he hasn't done, you know you know consistently throughout his whole career. So this is going to be a big season for him to, to step up and carry that team.
0: And uh, uh, moving along, we have a bunch of fan questions again uh, this week, Eddie, and we'll we'll go through a few of them here. Um, we've got one from Felix. He talks about the uh, the Ducks players, and he wants to know uh, who we would predict as the three X factors uh, on the team. Um, and plus maybe the most surprising player, either positive or negative for the team. So I'll let you go with with your uh, three, you think, and uh, we'll see if we have something similar.
1: Um, well, I think if you're going to have to, to pick X-Factors, I mean, guys who are going to you know be the quality players on the team, you, you really have to go with Perry and Getzlaff. I mean, if you're not going to pick guys who are going to surprise and do well, I think Perry and Getzlaff are going to be two guys that have to to uh, carry the team through the season and you know if you're gonna there's a lot of other guys you could pick for for a third guy after that but i think more importantly it has to be uh frederick anderson in and goal he has to be uh, you know have another great season obviously anton kadoban and, and john gibson are right behind him but i mean another good season from him is going to be important to to you know contract discussions next year and i think he'll be motivated
0: yeah i agree with you i uh, definitely uh Corey Perry and Getzloff, uh, for sure. Uh, two, obviously, uh, players that are going to be huge X factors. I think the, uh, the other one is, is going to be Haglin. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, we had the poll question up there, if you thought he'd be on the first line or the second line. And, and, uh, I can't remember the percentages, uh, right now, but I know a majority of people thought he would be on the second line with Kessler and Silverberg. So, I think Haglin's another big one, um, and Silverberg too. And I, I think uh, both of them. Um, you know, some people I've seen on social media give a little flack to Silverberg because uh, he doesn't score as much during the regular season. Uh, you know, he gets plenty of assists, and um, you know he's awesome in the shootouts. Which you know, obviously with the new rules now, there's going to be less shootouts because it's going to uh, have three-on-three hockey. Uh, added to the overtime, so we won't see as much of his um, you know, skill in the shootout. But uh, I think it was evident, though, the season, Silverberg wasn't with Kessler the whole season, and we saw him with Kessler for a majority of the playoffs, and he took off. So I really expect if Hagelin, Silverberg, and Kessler are on that second line, I, I really would watch Hagelin and Silverberg and see how well that they do because Kessler elevated the play of Boleski, and uh, he elevated the play of Silverberg down the stretch, Eddie, and I, I think that's going to be huge.
1: Yeah, and, and if you're going to talk about a guy who could have a you know surprising in a positive way, I think you know even in a negative way too, I think Sekach really has a lot of question marks going into this season if he's going to step up and you know possibly be a, a top six player for for most of the season or you know, if he's just going to regress and, and, and be that third or fourth line left wing. I mean, there's a lot of question marks around his play. I'm sure we'll see him start probably on that third line or fourth line, but, I mean, there's a lot of potential for this guy, and um, I know we could we could see some really good things from him this season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Sekach is, uh, in terms of the lines, you know, uh, whether he's on first, second, third, or fourth, I mean, He's one of those guys that could be on any of the lines. I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, we, We've talked about this before. If, if Maroon stays on the top line and Hagelin on the second line, then uh, we would see uh, most likely Sekatch on the third or fourth line. But but you never know. Uh, they could take Sekatch and throw him on the first line. Uh, maybe they want more speed with the Twins instead, put Maroon back down on the fourth line, which they've done before, and, and maybe have him with uh, Horkoff or Santarelli uh, paired up with uh, Jackman. And, you know, have it be a, a grinding, checking fourth line. That's another option. So I, I think the biggest thing we're going to see is a lot of options, a lot of line changing uh, in the first um, couple months, which is going to drive me nuts with the uh, the game previews, trying to get you guys the lineups and stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard because I'm going to have to just really be on it. And we uh, may not know um till the actual game on some of these lineups Eddie I mean it's it's gonna be kind of crazy in October and, and November also with Thompson out
1: yeah and you know but that's always the situation when when Boudreaux's in charge you you always see the lines get moved around and you know I'm sure we'll see a little bit of it in preseason and, and switching up the lines and trying to find out what works and you know hopefully with whatever they they start on that first game of the season they can stick with that for uh you know, for most of the for most of the year, That's something we haven't seen them do that that many times.
0: True, very true. Uh, another question we had, we have a couple here from Alexander. I'll take a couple of them. Um, one of them, he asked about um, if any of the Ducks players were changing numbers, and some of the specific ones were Raquel Lindholm and Votnin. Uh, You know, I haven't really heard anything, Eddie, about any uh, number changes. Um, You know, I know a lot of people saw Hagman playing in the charity game and and saw the 62 and and were a little confused. But that was before uh, the season and the signing. So he will be 26. Wagner is still 62 is, is the latest that I've heard. I haven't heard anything change with that. But I haven't heard anything new. Um, with the with the you know the existing ducks players, the returning players, changing any numbers, Eddie?
1: No, and I'm sure we won't. Um, you know, until further than the season, until next year, I, I think most of the numbers are settled. Obviously, with with Haglin and, and Stewart, and, and you know, getting their numbers, there's there's nothing to really, you know, we'll look over for now. I mean. When other players get you know called up from the AHL, when that happens, I'm sure they'll their numbers, uh, their numbers will be revealed for for what they will come up and and be as call ups. But you know, other than that, I, I think everything's set for now.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think there'll be any any more new uh, uh, announcements, at least not until early in the season, as you had mentioned. Uh, another question we had was from Adam. Um, he asks about all the young Ducks defensive core, uh, which we had an article about. Um, which one of them do you think will really burst out onto the scene and become known in the NHL this year, Eddie?
1: Oh, I think you have to go with Lindholm. I mean, obviously Vatninen is a great defender and he has a lot of potential too. But I think Lindholm is the guy who has the potential still to become a top two defenseman in the NHL, and you know this is really his season to to prove that he can be at that elite level. Um, if you're gonna look down at the at the lower level in the AHL and, and the prospects, I think Shea Theodore is a guy who could have looked to have a really good AHL season and get a couple call-ups, uh, you know, for injuries or for, you know, closer to the playoffs. And, you know, he could really show that you know, he has that potential as well, but you know, really you have to go with Lindholm, I think.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lindholm was who I went with on my fantasy team, Eddie, who <laughs> was the, uh, the only duck player I got on my fantasy team. You know, it was, it was kind of tough this year. Uh, you know, when you have a, a, a whole pool of, uh, what 12 teams that were all ducks fans, uh, it was pretty tough getting Ducks players. I was hoping to get, you know, one of the twins or Kessler, but all you guys snatched him up. So I, I was happy to get Lindholm. But uh, no. But on a serious note, yeah, uh, Lindholm for sure. Um, this is a guy that I talked to, um, uh, talked about on another radio show. They had asked me um, the uh, the guys on the Montreal um, show in Canada. We had talked uh, during the season about Hampus Lindholm and how he's not as big of a name around the NHL. Obviously, here, duh, we all know who he is. Um, he's one of the best, if not the best, you know, defensemen the Ducks have. So I think he's the one that's going to bust out and the scene and do the best And um, with the current team, obviously. And I agree with you, um, you know, Shady Theodore would be the one that, you know, maybe we see him get called up for a few games. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a real interesting season uh, and seasons to come now that uh, the goals are here and you know they're so close um as we talked about before murray's going to be going to those practices during the week uh and he's going to be shuffling teams up and down the you know the i-5 freeway uh, so it's going to be interesting we may see him um in some of the games i mean we may not see him in any but i, I wouldn't doubt it if we maybe saw him in a couple of
1: yeah you know I'm i'm sure you know you don't want to see any guys get injured but i'm sure there's going to be some injuries this season and you know he'll be right up there with with Mance and, and and others to get a call up if he's if he's having a strong season in, in the AHL which I uh, you know I expect him to have a good season down there in, in San Diego and you know he's he's got a long way to fight through some you know he's got to fight through some really established NHLers and some top prospects to get to get a call up but I mean if he doesn't get one during you know the the beginning of the regular season through injury there's a good chance he does um you know closer to the playoffs.
0: And we had another question about the defense uh, from Alexander again. He he talks about the Ducks' defense and how they seem to have a strong offensive game and transition game. But he wants to know how do they improve to avoid uh, a letdown, you know, defensively. Um, and I think he's aiming at, at you know the uh, the playoffs basically.
1: Yeah, I think that all comes down to coaching, to be honest. I mean, obviously young defensemen like Lindholm and Votnin um, will, we'll you know, Votnin, we've seen Lindholm improve season by season defensively and how he's become a really good two-way defenseman and, you know, and shown signs of that too and, you know, bringing in Bieksa, that really helps, you know, the defensive side too and, you know, Stoner will have an, another season where he'll be one of our, you know, our key defensive guys and, You know, Fowler is also looking to to work into that two-way type of game, and I think losing Bojeman is a little bit difficult, but, you know, I think with with good coaching and and some improvement from the young guys, I think definitely they can improve uh, defensively this year.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, Boschman being gone, which, you know, that was one of the fan favorites, obviously, that that was disappointing to see, but you do have Biexa that comes in, you know, he played several years at Vancouver with Kessler, so, I mean, I think he's going to pick it up and and be a good fill-in spot, um, that's going to help out, bring the grit that the Ducks need on the defense, and, uh, you know, Stoner played well in the playoffs, too, you know, he gets a lot of flack from people as well, but you know what, he actually played really well in the playoffs, and you have to give him some credit. Um, so I think that those guys will be solid there. Also Dupree, you know, he played awesome as well, uh, defensively. Um, so like you said, uh, Fowler, Lindholm, the offensive guys, they're going to have to, you know, um, step it up a little bit more. Um, I think a lot of the players, uh, including and too, in the playoffs, I think everybody did really, really well. It just, it seemed like at the end of that Chicago series, they, I don't know if they got worn out from the overtime games or, uh, made some mental mistakes, but, I think that's part of the, the, the deal with coaching, as you said, but also bringing in veteran players. And, and the Ducks have brought in veteran players. Uh, Bieksa on the defense uh, and a handful of guys on the offense. Obviously uh, Haglin's played more years. you got Stewart that's been in there, Horkoff, Santarelli, all these guys that have played. So, And I know those guys are offense, and you're, and you're saying, well, they're not defense. True, but they're still there on the bench. They're still there in the locker room. And there's a lot more veteran presence and I, I think that's one of the, the other problems that was missing for the team, um, and, and, you know, down the stretch in the playoffs, Eddie.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, bringing all these guys is always questions if they're going to gel or not. And, you know, that will come. We'll have to see, you know, obviously early into the season is when we'll see that. And if they get off to a slow start, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll... We'll, we'll be quick to blame it on, on the, all the new moves and, and how the team chemistry is low. But you know, there's still a lot of core guys here and, and like you said, the leadership will will help transition the new players in. So, you know, I'm sure we won't have a problem with that.
0: Yeah, that was another uh question that another fan brought to me is is uh he's excited uh it's actually a family member, but uh uh he's excited about the Ducks uh team this year and the moves, but He's kind of split 50-50. He feels like we got new players. He's excited. He wants to see the Ducks do well, but then he's also uh, nervous because you get these new guys and you don't have chemistry. And you know, it, it's a good uh, it's a good debate, Eddie, cuz if you look at the bottom, you know, two lines, it's going to be really interesting what's going to be down there. It's going to be I mean, we know it's going to be mixed up in the beginning. I mean, everybody knows Boudreaux. we talked about that and beat that horse, but uh, chemistry is definitely going to be key. And I'm really curious to see, uh, once they figure out who's on the first line for sure, if it's still Maroon or someone else, how the dominoes are going to fall for the rest of the lines, Eddie. It,
1: yeah, but you know, it's, it's not too much of, of a shock you know, to the lineup. I mean, on, on each line, you've got pretty much two guys out of three that have played with each other for, for a full season. Obviously, pairing gets off on the first line. You know, It depends on who plays on that left wing. If it's Maroon, then you've got a whole line that's played together. You know for almost a whole season um, on that second line if Haglin gets put on there you know Kessler and Silverberg have already played well together for a whole season and and I don't think Haglin will have any problems fitting on that line um and then you go down to, to the third and fourth line and you know there's a couple of new additions obviously Stewart will be down there and and Horkoff will be there too and and Santorelli will be there so I think there's a little bit more gelling to do down there but uh, you know, I, I don't see it being an issue. You know, a lot of these guys, even not playing on the same team, they know each other, and and you know, they all they're all there to play hockey, and their play styles are too different. So I I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue with with team chemistry. Um, you, know, th- you know, barring a little bit of a, maybe a rough patch in, in the first few games of the season.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the filling out process, especially in the month of October. You know, I had one more question that I found on here from another fan, Tom. He uh, threw out one, and this this one goes, uh, we mentioned about the overtime, the uh, three-on-three three that's going to come up, and he's curious about what tactics will the Ducks use. Do you think the Ducks will use two forwards and one defensive man? or two defensive men and a forward, or, or some other combination. What, what do you think, uh, obviously we're going to see some three-on-three, three. What, what do you think the Ducks will do in terms of throwing out uh, three players for those three-on-three three situations?
1: Yeah, obviously that all comes down to coaching. Um, I think the safer option is to to obviously go with two forwards and a defenseman, um, but if you're going to throw out some, some pretty quality defensive forwards, and you know, it all comes down to matchups too, You know, depending on what the other team does, and you know, the team you're playing, and the quality of players on the other side, uh you know, I, I I could see them doing either or, depending on the situation. But, you know, realistically, you would expect them to go with two forwards and one defenseman.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I'll get a little bit more specific um, uh, on what I think, you know, if I was the coach, armchair coach uh, for right now. Um, you know, I think I can give myself that, that name for now. But um, I think that... Uh, you know, it wouldn't be bad to go with uh, Perry and Gesloff, and maybe uh, Lindholm as a setup, or maybe uh, Kessler, Silverberg, or Kessler Haglin, and uh, maybe Bjeksa, since Kessler and Bjeksa know themselves well. Those may be a couple possibilities. Eddie, like I said, I, I don't have any info, but just going by, if I was to throw some lines out there, that's a couple combinations that uh, would be probably pretty good.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, you would uh, you would expect to see a lot of combinations, uh, you know, going through the lineup and. And we'll just have to wait and see we'll, like i said before we'll see a lot of it in, in preseason and and then come the season um we'll, we'll get a better idea that's
0: gonna do it uh for this week as far as all the questions and all the updates and everything uh we'll be back uh, most likely next week hopefully uh with more updates uh, for you guys uh if there's anything with the team you know there may may not be too much going on in the next week but uh We'll talk about more fan questions if um, that's what's going to happen. We may also have some more writers on. I know some of the other guys want to come on. We may talk hockey. I know some of you like to hear a bunch of us on here kind of rambling. So we may do that as well, and we're doing giveaways. We're going to have another giveaway for, um, as we mentioned, the preseason game we're um, doing on the Facebook page. We're also going to give away two tickets to opening night on the podcast. We will start that contest next week um, so you'll get to see the Ducks in action. Uh, on their first home game um, in October. So that'll be coming up as well. And just uh, stay up to date on all the news. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Um, And we're going to keep building more relationships, keep getting bigger and uh, keep going. And that's about it. We'll see you in a week.